Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Greater Alton Church. I'm Tim, and I haven't been preaching for about a month, I realize, so I might be a little rusty today. But it's great to have you with us uh, if this is your first time here, uh, and uh, hope you'll benefit from uh, being with us today. Uh, we're a church that believes in following the Word of God as close as we can. We also believe that, uh, that God loves us as much as He can, and that's a lot. And with those two combinations, uh, we've, we learn how to follow Christ in such a way that changes our lives. Uh, we, there's a couple of things to tell you about, and uh, I'll just mention them offhand. Sydney uh, mentioned a little bit about our special contributions in September. Hope you're planning on doing, uh, contributing to that, especially if you're a member here. We just want you to know we're, we're planning on knocking this note out of the park. We're, we're done with this note. We're one that out and far away from us as possible. And we're just so excited about what that's going to do for this church uh, and its future. The other uh, is the marriage retreat that's coming up in September in New Harmony, Indiana. And I just want to remind you, there are 15 rooms left. If you haven't signed up yet, there's only 15 left. You want to get in there. And if you want to know more about that, ask a little bit at the Welcome Center. They'll be happy to fill you in on how you can sign up for our marriage retreat. We're having Nathan and Tammy King uh, come and speak, and we're going to be looking at the music and marriage. And so I've known uh, Nathan and Tammy for over 30 years, and uh, I've, I know they're going to do a great job in helping our marriages um, uh, this September. Today we're, uh, we're in a series called Foolproof, and I've been given this time to talk about fools today. And what better guy, huh? I mean, it makes sense. I mean, so I went, hey, no, but, but uh, I want to talk about fools today. I want to start off with a question. Have you ever done something foolish? You say, Tim, that's a foolish question. I know it is. I know it is. Just a couple of weeks ago, I was at the round table, one of my favorite places in Godfrey. I was with some of my family and we're sitting around and talking and all of a sudden the topic of emails came up. And I go, yeah, I got email. And yeah, yeah, I got people PC. And they go, oh, really? He goes, yeah, I pay for it. And everybody stopped eating. I heard a kid <laughs> crying in the background. I went, what, what's wrong? You still pay for your email? Are you an idiot or what's wrong with you? And I go, you mean nobody pays for the email anymore? No. You mean I've been spending $14 a month for almost 30 years? Man, what do you, nobody does that anymore. And I went, I did, here's what I did. I went, here comes the shame. And after 30 years of uh, Timothy Gill at peoplepc.com, I've now moved over to a new email address. I know some of you got it. You, some of you say, no, I didn't get it. Well, I didn't want you to know. No, I, that's not true. No, I, the reason, the reason uh, I, sent, I did send it out, and uh, by the way, many of you went, this must be a scammer. And so... Um, it wasn't. I have a new email address. So now I'm joining the rest of you finally. I'm not the idiot, buffoon, fool, hipster doofus. What other words could we associate with foolishness? Stupid, whatever. Yeah, I, I, no longer. I'm now free. And for anybody else that's still paying for your internet, come to the other side and, and maybe we can save some money. But that's what I'm saying is all of us here, I mean, we, we know everybody plays the fool. We've been foolish with something. We've bought something or we've said something uh, or we've committed to something uh, and we go, oh my goodness, well, I was such a such a dweeb is what we used to say in the 70s. All these different names for fools. I was thinking of all these different ones. You probably can think of some that, that were popular that uh, try to capture this idea of fool. 
well, what's the, what's the word mean? And what happens to a fool? And, and what do you do if you discover you're being a fool? Well, let's look at what a fool is, first of all. Here's some stuff up here on, the, on PowerPoint if you want to follow along. And then we'll get into our notes. The Cambridge Dictionary says a fool is a person who believes in a silly way without thinking. Of course, that's a good English definition of fool. Someone said this, the fool is not so much lacking in mental capacity or powers, but one who misuses them. And then Ben Franklin said this, the heart of a fool is in his mouth, but the mouth of the wise man is in his heart. There's lots of ways to define a fool. I didn't know this till I began to study about the fool that there are five different types of fools listed in the Bible. Five distinct, especially in the Old Testament, five distinct Hebrew words for a fool. So this word that we use for fool uh, today covers so much when you stop and think about it. Well, the Hebrew writers saw fit to single it out and say, this is a fool, this is a type of fool, this is a type of fool. And so when you begin to look at this book that's devoted to wisdom, it talks about the fool every bit as much. The writer of Proverbs Solomon, Agar, and a few others are trying to get across this idea of, listen, the flip side of being wise is being foolish. You're either one or the other. And you want, and you want to pursue wisdom, and you want to avoid being foolish. Now, one of the things that we're going to look at here, you're going to notice as we go through these five fools, is that, first of all, they're very similar. All five are very similar. In fact, they overlap quite a bit. All of them are prideful. All of them have pride. All of them refuse to listen. All of them have little, little, uh, they have the same traits, but there, but there's some things that, dis, that, that they do that distinguish them from the rest. And you're also going to notice this. This is what I noticed. There's a progression of foolishness. It goes from one type of fool, and it just seems to get progressive more and more and more. And with it, worse, and the remedy is more limited as to how to help this fool. What's that? Where am I at? I don't want to say right now. I used to think I was this one, but the one I'm about to talk about, but I think I'm more than this. Here's, here's the first, let's get right into them. Here we go. And I, and like I say, when you look at these, you're going to, maybe you'll recognize, you know, I do that. Okay. Everybody has got some fool in them. All right. So let's just look at this. First one is the simple fool. Just the simple fool. This is, comes from the Hebrew word, uh, pethe or pethi. Uh, here's, I look, by the way, you can go to Bible Hub dot com bible hub type in um, any proverb that mentions fool and they'll give you the hebrew word that's right there so you can pinpoint for you brainy people like to do this kind of stuff i did this i don't know if i'm brainy but i was i spent a lot of time looking at every verse because i wanted to make sure i kept my verses in the in the right category that i didn't show you some other fool because boy that verse would fit here no i had to go with what the bible said oh here we go. A simple fool. It comes from this word, pethy. Uh, fools, pethy fools here, will believe anything, but the wise think about what they do. He, what's he talking about here? Well, he's, he's talking about a gullible person. 
a simple fool. Here's a verse up here on the screen in Proverbs 7. I thought this was interesting. Solomon made this observation. I saw many inexperienced young men, but noticed one foolish, that is, pethy, a fellow in particular. And you learn that this guy, he goes down the wrong street, meets the wrong people, and gets himself into all kinds of trouble. The definition of this word comes across like this. This is how it's defined. It's a stupid mule or a fool who is easily persuaded by flattery, delusion, deception, or enticement. You ever been scammed? Anybody here want to raise their hand? I've been scammed twice. I never thought I'd ever be scammed, but I got scammed twice. Why? Because of enticement and persuasion. Uh, so the fool, this fool, this fool is easy to fool in a way. He believes almost anything he hears. Gossip, slander, even some false teaching. He's into conspiracy theories. He's not into the discipline of learning more. You could say he likes to play on his phone during a sermon. Ouch. Because simple fools are naive and oblivious, they make doofy mistakes, costly mistakes, over and over, and they get themselves in all kinds of trouble. I've never heard this, and if you're somebody that can say this, you come up to me after church. Tim, I started smoking when I was 65 years old. I've never heard anybody say that. I started smoking when I was 55 years old. Never heard it said. But you know what I've heard? I started smoking when I was 7, 10, 14. Simple fools are gullible. They have a lot to learn. Look what it says here in Proverbs 22, verse 3. When a wise person sees danger ahead, he avoids it. But not the simple fool. Uh Uh-uh. The foolish person keeps going and gets into trouble. They just are oblivious. They don't know what's out there. They're not asking any questions because they refuse to learn. Because they don't have the discipline to learn. They don't have the information they need. And if they had the information, guess what they would do? They They would make that mistake. So what's the remedy for the simple fool? Well, the remedy for the simple fool is more education. That's simple. Simple answer. They just need to be more more informed. They need to take responsibility. They need to become a mental sponge and do the work to educate themselves. I want to plug this book again that Bob Hawkins said he couldn't put down. And when he gave it to me, I couldn't put it down. It's called Person of Interest. And it's an extremely good book on Christian evidences. This guy is a homicide detective who uses these techniques and, and investigates a murder without a body. He investigates Jesus without a Bible and proves that Jesus exists. And we can know who Jesus is, where he was born, what he taught, his death, burial, and resurrection, his miracles without a Bible. I don't know if that's per- made you interested. I couldn't put it down. John and Elena were come, come up to me and say, hey, we got a couple more books we'd like to recommend. Well, what, what do you got? And there's this one by, by Natasha Crane, and it's called, it's called Things... Uh, uh, talking with your kids about God, 30 conversations to have with your children about God, and talking with your kids about Jesus, 30 conversations uh, to have with your children about Jesus. I want to talk about, when I get my chance again, 
I want to talk about why does the book of Proverbs compare children to plants? That's interesting. Why would he compare a child to a plant? There must be some gardening advice that we could get and glean from this as parents to give our children. And she, and she makes the case, makes the case just like uh, Warner Wallace does in Person of Interest, that you as a parent are the most influential person on the planet above any professor that holds a degree. And that we need to get our children ready for college. And they, they won't be such an easy mark. But it's, it's educating myself. By the way, as I'm reading Person of Interest, it made me worship the Lord different. It, made me, it improved my worship. And I went, wow, Jesus matters. He really matters. Well, you say that all the time, Tim. Yeah, but man, it's even more. I didn't realize how much of an impact Jesus Christ has made on this earth. And because he's so real and because he matters, he's my Lord and I'm going to worship him that way. So that's the remedy. That's the remedy. Here's the second fool. It's the silly fool. The silly fool. Uh, the Hebrew word for silly fool is avil. Now, you may connect a silly fool with humor, like someone who's always cracking jokes, but this fool is no laughing matter, believe me. Um, being a silly fool means much more than being funny. There's a, there's a sense of rebellion in this fool. You go left, he goes right. She says up, you know, you say down. Look what the Bible says here about this kind of fool. Fools, that's a veal now, the, the uh, silly fool, refuse to be taught. This type of fool despises wisdom. Doesn't like, doesn't really welcome instruction from anyone. There's a passage that uses the same word for a fool that says they don't listen to their parents. You know, kids, when your, your parents say you're being an idiot, you're not listening, you're being an idiot. You're being stupid. I, I have these families that say you shouldn't say stupid. The Bible says it's stupid not to listen to your parents. Use the word. It ain't going to kill them. But there's something about this, this silly fool here. And what we notice is with his arrogance, in his arrogance, not only does he refuse to listen to anyone, friends, godly friends, church friends, family, instructors, they don't listen to anyone they justify, not only that, they justify their actions when confronted with the facts. You could give them the facts and they still will refuse what you have to say. They make light of their sin. And because they make light of their sin, they never grow. It's as if they like living in Neverland. They become 60-year-old kids. Hello. Get their feelings hurt. They're still living in the second grade. Because they haven't learned since the second grade to listen. And so, and, and by the way, a sure sign, and we're talking about the progression now, a sure sign of a simple fool become, and, uh, uh, with becoming a silly fool is that his mind is in neutral while his mouth, while his mouth is in full gear. That's how you know about a silly fool. Now you're wanting to know which fool do you think I am. This is the one I, this is where I'm at, okay. Wise people are quiet, it says, and learn new things. But fools, like Tim, talk and bring trouble on themselves. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You say stuff and you bring, you're just shooting your, 
You say, oh, he shot himself in the foot. No, I shoot myself in the mouth. I shoot myself in the head, everywhere. I mean, I got plenty of bullets. Instead of asking questions, this fool runs their mouth. They, they, they like to hear themselves talk. Ouch. They're sarcastic. And they love to argue. You know anybody like this? They say, well, I like to argue. I think arguing is a really good thing. It's not a good thing. The Bible says do everything without complaining and arguing. And you know, I've said that to people, and you know what these you know kind of fools say? I, I disagree with that. This fool may appear, listen to this, this fool may appear to be trying to be educated. They may be trying to get information, but they ruin everything. They ruin these pivotal moments where they could be taught something that could change their life. They ruin, they not only ruin those moments, they, they spoil the growing moments in their life. Their friendships, their godly friendships, they rob them of influence because of their persistent arrogance. And because they refuse to learn anything, guess what? They really don't know what they're talking about. And most of all, their influence is extremely dangerous. That's why I'm convicted about this fool. Because fools influence. I don't want to influence the wrong way. What's the remedy for the silly fool? To become teachable. To become more and more teachable. In other words, I, I've got to learn to close my mouth and open my mind. I had a nephew one time named Doc. He played football for the Mount Carmel Aces. He also wrestled. His nickname was Manchild. He was a big, muscular guy. He let his hair go. Let his, during football, he'd let, he'd, he'd let his beard go. He'd eat an onion. He'd eat, bite into an onion an hour or two before the game. And then he was a linebacker. You know, they're crazy. Linebackers are crazy. And in a football game, he says, Uncle Tim, I'd grab, I'd grab the quarterback, sack him. And then I'm right there face to face. I go, oh. I go, why would you do that? Messing with them. And I thought, man, do you ever take a bath? Sometimes I don't. I want to stink. I want, and he just looked like a messed up guy. And then one day I see him and I go, he's hair's cut, shaven, teeth are nice. He's dressed up nice. I go, doc, what's going on? He goes, time to grow up. It's time to grow up. And that's what, that's what a silly fool needs to do. He's, when you become, because he, all people were telling him, Doc, you're, man, you need to clean up. Nah, nah. Didn't take it serious till one day he finally hit him. I got to get a job. And this is keeping me from getting a nice job. And he, he listened to all that advice and he responded to it. Look what the Bible says here in Proverbs 10, 8. If you have good sense, you will listen and obey. If all you do is talk foolishly, there's that word, evil, you will destroy yourself. So I need to close my mouth more and open up my mind. I've, I've, Gary and Alan have been helping me in the last several years. You know, when you're a preacher, you're, you're hired to talk. And you begin to think all your words are important. They are. But sometimes you need to shut up. 
And there'd be times in a meeting, I'd be going, oh, blah, 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 blah. And, and those guys are trying to teach me. They've been so patient. And I have benefited from just keeping my mouth shut and listening to another point of view. I can't wait till Gary talks about seeking advice. You're going to love this, these two lessons on seeking advice. There's a lot of good advice out there. But I can't hear it if my mouth is running. Mm. Mm. I don't like this point. How about you? Here's another thing I notice about this, about, about this silly fool to become teachable. He has to close his mouth, but he also has to control his emotions. Um, lessons get lost when I lose my temper. Lessons get lost. I can't hear what people are saying to me when I raise my voice. By the way, we had we celebrated Matthew's birthday Friday night, and we're watching Discapes, which is an underwater sea, and there's different animals that come in, and the whale came in, and all the grand go whale, screaming it, and Matthew's going, you know, I want them to leave, you know, well, you know, sometimes throwing your little fit. But here's what I've learned. When I'm too busy screaming and hollering, I can't hear what my wife's saying. I can't hear what my friends are saying. I can't even hear what God is saying when my emotions get the best of me. It says here, the wise say very little, and those of, with understanding stay calm. And even fools, there's that word of evil, seem to be wise if they keep quiet. If they, do, if they don't speak, they appear to understand. Can I say something else if they don't speak? Not only do they appear to understand, they begin to understand. Here's the third fool, the stubborn fool. Mm, the stubborn fool. It's from the Hebrew word uh, kasil. Now, this fool I thought was very interesting to, to look at because he dominates the Bible. He is, this fool is spoken of more than any other fool. Over 70 times he's mentioned in the, in the Old Testament and 50 times are in the book of Proverbs of the, of the 70. Fifty times this fool is mentioned. What's it mean? It means to be fat, out of shape, to be stuck, unable to move. It means to be so overweight you cannot even budge. And there are more warnings about this fool than any other fool in Scripture. Uh, write this one down, Proverbs thirteen twenty. Look it up. It says that a companion of this fool suffers harm. Now this fool again shares the traits of the simple fool and the silly fool. They don't listen. They don't learn much. But their foolishness has evolved. It has grown over time. And now they've become, this fool's become casual with sin. Reckless with sin. Let me give you an example. Proverbs 14, 16. One who is wise is cautious and turns away from evil. Notice that? If you're wise, you're, you're careful, and you turn away from evil. A fool, this casile, is reckless and careless with it. Eh, no big deal. That's what this fool is. It's no big deal. You're making a big thing out of this. It's not as bad as it appears. This isn't as dangerous as you think. Or they just carelessly, recklessly make choices 
that they're just going to destroy them. If he does admit, if he or she, this fool admits their folly, they like it too much to let go of it. They won't turn from it. Look at this. A desire that is fulfilled is sweet to the soul. This is Proverbs 13, 19. But fools, Casillo, hate to give up what is sinful. So these fools, what happens is, if they got to the point where they're developing strongholds and habits, I wish, I want this, I want this sermon to be hopeful, church. I want this sermon to give you hope. But we're getting into some fools now that have little hope. And you need to understand something. This kind of fool gets themselves in such strongholds and habits, they're very, very difficult to break. Because they refuse to follow God's wisdom, trust God's wisdom, because they have, their stubbornness now puts them in on a collision course with disaster. Look at this passage in Proverbs 1. Fools, he's talking about simple fools, die because they refuse to follow wisdom. They are content to follow their, what? Foolish ways? It's not a simple way? No. This is, this. they've become this fool. They've progressed to become this stubborn fool. This He goes, they are content to follow their stubborn ways and that will destroy them. What's the remedy for this fool? The remedy for this fool is to surrender. You just gotta, you've gotta surrender. Like the silly and the simple fool, there's still hope, but that hope is narrowing. And it takes, it takes surrendering to God's wisdom, to what God wants, to what God says. It's yielding. Listen to this. This is what I discovered when I was praying over this. It's yielding to the discipline and guidance that God provides. What do you mean? Well, look at this verse. You have a whip for a horse. You have to put a bridle on a mule. And you have to beat a fool. What's that mean? <laughs> I just know when you whip a horse, they go faster. If you want to go faster, you whip them, right? They, go, they do what the discipline is giving. Oh, they respond to it. And a bridle on a mule, you know, mules could be pretty stubborn. What do you do? You put a bridle, you, you, you guide it, you move it, maybe against its will, but it, it bends to the bridle. And what about a fool? Well, this particular fool has to be disciplined. But the purpose is for guidance. And the difference for this fool, if it's to make any difference, is they'll cooperate like the horse and like the mule when the discipline comes. Well, they surrender to the discipline and guidance of God. Number four, the sneering fool. The Hebrew word for this fool is lutz. Lutz is an interesting word. It means to mouth off, to mock, to scorn, to taunt and ridicule authority, specifically authority. And it, it involves losing all common sense. They don't think with their minds so much. They think more with their emotions and they're very loud. They're very proud. Obnoxiously loud comes out of their mouth. And Solomon happens to list this fool along with 
the simple fool. Again, look at the progression. You fools, simple fools, how long will you be foolish? How long will you make fun of, in other words, lutes, make fun of wisdom and hate knowledge? How long will you sneer at the wisdom of God? This fool isn't interested in God's wisdom. And he's not interested in godly wisdom. He, he's not asking people what they think. He thinks he already knows. And, and if you do run into a fool like this, and you begin to talk, and you begin to get close to some holy places in their life, they become uncivil. They let loose that tongue and begin to, in some way to deflect what you're saying, in some way to make you back off, they'll, they're hateful. Mean, rude, abusive. They don't appreciate correction. They don't value correction. Look what it says here in Proverbs 9. Whoever corrects a scoffer, lutes, gives himself abuse. And he who reproves the wicked man incurs injury. Don't reprove a, a sneerer, a sneering fool, lutes, or he'll hate you. Reprove a wise man and he will love you. When you're corrected, how do you respond? Do you appreciate it? not saying do you like it is is it foolish to not like correction no that's natural no we're talking about rejecting it not appreciating it and reacting to it in a snarky way what's the remedy of the searing fool well i tell you i've changed this point several times tom where are you tom am i right I've changed this point many times. I, was, I said, please be patient with me. But this morning, God put this on my heart. The remedy for the steering fool is God's intervention. Where God has to step in and basically break you. Now, I'm all in favor of God intervening. But not to break me. I don't want that. Oh, but let's face it, sometimes doesn't it take something painful to make us change? To wake us up? Oh yeah, and that's what's happening in the steering field. He's so busy ridiculing and mocking this thing and downgrading that, he doesn't even see. I've had this happen before. I've had people say, you know, they didn't even text me back. And they're notorious for not texting people back. It's just comical. Look what it says here up on the screen. Whip those who make fun of wisdom. What? Does the Bible say that? Yeah. Whip those who make fun of wisdom. You mean I can do that? I'm just saying that's what Proverbs says, okay? Whip those who make fun of wisdom. And perhaps foolish people will gain some wisdom from it. Whip that sneerer. Whip that mark, mark, mocker. And maybe someone who's simple will learn a lesson from them. Or maybe they'll learn themselves. And see, sometimes it takes that. And when you're, when you're a mock, when you mock and ridicule, and I say this to all of us here, when we complain and mock and ridicule our church, the Bible, what the Lord's doing, I don't understand why God's doing this to me, and we whine and complain about that, you are playing with something dangerous, church. That's sneering and mocking what God is doing. And sometimes it may take God to directly come in and confront you. Look at this passage of Proverbs 3. The Lord mocks at mockers, but helps the humble. Mocks 
the Lord mocks at mockers. What's that mean? It means sometimes he has to step in and he may have to break me to wake me up. God mocks. He makes fun of those that make fun of him. You don't, I don't I don't, I don't you know. I, I looked at this verse uh, somewhat. I just know I don't want God mocking me. I'm not real clear as to how that plays out, but I just know this. I don't want God having to step in and break me because I can't keep my mouth shut. I can't stop turning from evil. I, I, that I continue to not listen to godly advice and helpful, helpful things, that I don't take things seriously. I, I don't want God to do that. That is a fearful thing to fall in the hands of the living God in that condition. What's the fifth fool? Well, it's the stupid fool. If you're offended by the word, well, look it up. It's, it's, it's from the Hebrew word Nabal. Nabal. You say, Nabal, isn't that a guy's name in the Bible? Sure is. Abigail's husband. You remember that guy? David comes up, you know, and Abigail sees this King David and is doing, taking care of him to the nines. And here comes Nabal. Who's this guy and what is he doing? And he starts mouthing off. Next thing you know, Nabal's dead. He's foolish. He's evil. It means to be a vile person. Look at this. It says here in 1 Samuel, Nabal was a mean and cruel man. And that is true. And this type of fool doesn't become wicked overnight. But over time, over time, they become more and more wicked. Because he's ignored and he's argued with people and he's rebelled against what God has to say, his wisdom... He has done this for so long and and back and, and basically bucked what God has to say for so long that he's becoming this vile person. He's doing things he never dreamed he was doing. But he just doesn't see it. Look at this in Proverbs 14.1. The fool, Nabal. This is Psalms now. The fool says in his heart. We know this verse, right? The fool says in his heart there is no God. This is He's talking about the Nabal God. And look what it says here. Look what look at how it describes him. They are corrupt. Their deeds are vile. There's no one who does good. I've heard someone say you can't fix stupid. You ever heard anybody say that? I'm beginning to wonder if it's true. That you get to this to this point. It just sure, sure, it's sure hard to fix when you get in so deep into foolishness that you're navel. It's a level of foolishness that, that I want to say may. The Bible seems to say that is too late to fix. Beyond hope. So, What's the remedy for the stupid fool? See, I believe there's still hope for the stupid fool. And the the remedy for the stupid fool is humility. Do you do foolish things 
Nabal things? Do you do vile, evil things? Do you think you're better than others? Look at the pride in that. That's verse here in Proverbs 30. The pride. Do you plan evil? You might say, well, I don't plan evil. And if you're being foolish, you're planning it and not even knowing it. Do you plan evil? If you do, look what he says. If you're this kind of fool, put your hand over your mouth and stop talking. The only hope, the only hope for this fool is they... I know, a, I know a guy in the Bible that was confronted by God. You know who it was? He put his hand over his mouth. It was Job. I put my hand over my mouth. After all this stuff, he goes, I want to talk to God. I want it right now. And he goes, God decided then, like Forrest Gump, God decided then to show up. And they had themselves a little talk. But God was doing the talking. Job said, I put my hand over my mouth. What did he realize? I'm being a fool. And I'm, I am playing with something dangerous here with something evil so my only hope if I'm this kind of fool is to stop stop talking stop making excuses stop deflecting stop arguing with people stop ridiculing stop and think stop and think what am I doing Where am I heading? I humble myself and stop and listen. And just maybe there's hope there for the stupid fool. You've got a card in your bulletin. And um, you may, you know, maybe you want someone to pray for your foolishness. I know none of us here need to have... Listen, we can all think of things we've done that are foolish. The purpose of this lesson is not to beat everybody over the head and go, you're a fool, you're a fool. We already, we already know we're foolish. It's, it's trying to avoid being a fool and becoming wise. And Solomon, who talks about this fool every bit as much as the wise, wants us to see there's two choices here. You, you get to make a choice between wisdom and foolishness. Let me read these two passages to you as we as we close this is the first passage in proverbs 9 it's up here on the screen 1 through 6 wisdom has built her house she has made it strong with seven columns she has cooked meat mixed wine and put food on the table she has sent her servant girls to announce from the highest hill in the city whoever needs instruction come she invites all the simple people and says come eat my food drink the wine I've prepared, leave your old foolish ways and live. Advance along the path of understanding. He says, progress this way. Start this direction and grow. By verse 13, look what the Bible says here. Foolishness is that other woman who is loud, stupid and knows nothing she sits at her chair at the door of the house up on the highest hill of the city in other words she's also high where people can hear her when people walk by she calls out to them they show no interest in her but she still says she's persistent foolishness is persistent church you don't listen today maybe you will tomorrow 
And she says, whoever needs instruction, come. She invites all the simple people and says, stolen water is sweet. Stolen bread tastes good. Those simple people don't realize that her house is full of ghosts and that her guests have entered the world of the dead. This morning, I I put before you, the book of Proverbs puts before you a choice. You choose wisdom or foolishness. And wherever you are, whatever kind of fool you are this morning, I I want to encourage you to choose wisdom. She's still calling out to you. She calls out to the fool. Come, what I've prepared, what I've prepared for you, and oh, you're going to love what I've got for you. The foolishness is going to still keep persisting. Oh, no, no, don't go there. Come with me. Come with me. But just remember where it leads. It leads nowhere. So I'm asking you this morning to face a challenge. That is, don't be foolish. Listen to the Lord. Let's continue this journey in Proverbs and let's become wise and foolproof our life. Let's pray. Oh God, oh God, your word is so powerful. What insight. Father, I, I, know, I know some people can make the Bible say anything. <laughs> this, I can't make it say this. This is what you're saying. This is amazing information, amazing help. And Father, for the fool in us, we ask you to help us as a simple fool. When we're being a simple fool, just to, to cry out for your knowledge, cry out for insight, to search for it, to, to refuse the easy way of learning, but, but to embrace the disciplined way of learning. And Father, for those of us that are silly, that we can be silly, we pray, Father, that you'll help us as well become more teachable. Father, I know sometimes we're stubborn. We're very stubborn. Father, I don't know, help us realize that stubbornness leads to being stuck. And oh, would you help us just surrender and listen to you? And Father, for the, those of us who sometimes identify with this sneering fool, oh, we pray that we'll, we will turn and we will, we will listen to to you before you have to intervene. And Father, we pray that as a, as a uh, stupid, wicked fool sometimes, give us hope, help us surrender. We'll humble ourselves so we can hear you. That's what we pray, Father. We ask that we can hear your voice over everything else. In Christ's name, amen. I need you more, more than yesterday, I need you more, more than words can say.
you 